Um, right. Shall we start then? Let's. Yeah. Um, so I'm just going to introduce the show a little bit and then we'll get right into it. Welcome to Safe House. In the studio today, we have the gorgeous and talented. I've noticed that I keep calling everyone gorgeous, so don't take it to heart. <laughs> I'm gonna. My ego just exploded. <laughs> but this time it makes sense. In the studio today, we have the absolutely fabulous, talented, very, very talented. It's Saya. Hello, darling. Hello. You're right. Hello. I'm thank good. you so much for having me. I thank you for coming. I'm glad you've not said anything about me calling it a studio because it is in fact my living room. Um, but there's no cameras. Indeed. Who's to know? And I don't need to tell anyone. Who's there's no cameras yet. But yeah, welcome. Welcome. I'm so glad to have you here. Um, glad to be here. First of all, we have to start with pronouns. So mm-hmm. what would you prefer me to use throughout? I typically gravitate towards she just because uh-huh. I feel like... It's easier for me because that's, yeah, that's my default. I call everyone shit, right? <laughs> And, like, the majority of people will just know me as a yeah. dry character, so it's yeah, just yeah. easier to show. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. I'm kind of letting my guests introduce themselves at the minute, uh, because you know yourself best. best way Apparently. to introduce yourself is to introduce yourself. Um, so why don't you tell everyone a little bit about who you are and what you do. It can be as short or as long as you like, because we're about to get into all of it anyway. Um, my name's Saya. I'm mid to mid-twenties. Um... <laughs> I'm originally from a little tiny village in Wales, which hopefully you can't tell by my accent. I feel like up here it's a very, like, hit or miss thing. I couldn't tell at first, but I think after you told me, I was like, oh, oh I've been missing is. the trick. That's, that's <laughs> the con of her. Yeah. It's if I'm drunk or angry, mm. then it really comes out. If you ever see me drunk or angry, I get very scouse. Okay, we're very really excited scouse. for that. <laughs> What's to say about me? I'm a wig stylist. Uh-huh. Part-time drag queen. Mm-hmm. I mean, cheese lover. I don't know. I don't know. I just. I mean, that's enough. About myself, that's enough. Give them a tease. That's the, that's then, the bullet points. Yeah, I like to feed people with. That's all they need to know. Gorgeous. Well, I'm so glad you're here because I'm excited to pick your brains and right. get into who is Sire because I feel like monster. What I love, I, uh, I, I have to start off like this because it's what I think of you and what I am obsessed with. Because at the minute, what I'm trying to do is try to feed my soul more. Trying to think less about what people think of me mm-hmm. and kind of surround myself with the people that I that I enjoy and, and kind of feed me with the right energy. And um, I look. This is going to make sense in a second when I explain okay. what I'm talking about. What I'm loving in drag at the minute is going out like on the odd occasion now and again, just randomly, just dropping myself into mm-hmm. the situation. And that's what I love about you is that <laughs> you'll just appear. I'm just always kind of there. Somewhere. Just a presence, and you'll just be there, and then. I won't see you for like however long, weeks, days, whatever. Right. And then you'll appear again in drag. And I'm like, you're just, I just love that. <laughs> I hope you don't mind me calling you a recluse, but I just am obsessed with the whole, like the mystery of, I could be here, I could not. I have never thought about that of myself, but I, now I'm kind of absolutely in love with that idea. I, I would love that but, like, for myself. You never know when she's going to be there. That is what, that's what I okay, think I of love you. That. No, I'm obsessed. <laughs> I love it. I'm obsessed with it. I want that for me. If someone asks me, where have you been? I've not seen you in ages. Who knows? I love it. Could be anywhere. I I just go, you know, I've just been about. Just been about. (laughs) Just doing things. And that's what, like, especially you and Ellis as well, Mm -hmm. because you don't perform in the village all the time. You're not, you know, the queens that, well, exactly, exactly. You're not the queens that, you know, you see in every single bar on every single weekend doing the same exact numbers over and over again for the same crowd. Not that that's bad because get your money, girl. Like that's how they get their money. Yeah, for sure. But I also love the mystery of... Yeah. But I don't want to like, I feel like maybe it's, I don't want people to be like, this sounds so weird, but like I don't want people to be bored of me. No. 
or to be like, oh, she's going to be out. Mm. But see, from your response to me saying that, I don't think it's intentional. I don't think you do it intentionally. I think I just never want to get in drugs and lazy. Well, there's that. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I love it. I love that whole. I love that whole thing, and I think that especially your drag persona is such like a um, a mirage or like a mystery. It just kind of like appears, and it's just it's it's, it's always a moment. It's always very like very well calculated, and okay. obviously you've got your social media empire, which we'll talk about a little bit later. But drag wise, I just think you're fab. I just think it's fab, Thank and that's you. that's just one little thing that I love about it. Yep. And that's like honestly means the real coming from like another queen mm. to have because I think I'm a queen sometimes, sometimes we like just, <laughs> feel like sometimes there's a lot of just lack of wanting to boost someone else's ego in this mm. industry. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of girls I've noticed kind of turn to the girls in the spotlight and and will praise them and what they're doing. And shower and, them, yeah, because what's another drop in the ocean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it sometimes feels difficult to pull any kind of, like, mm. recognition or appreciation from Anyone. fellow drag queens. It's like, oh, you look nice. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I look nice, but what exactly do you like? Yeah. I'm like, tell me one nice, specific thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> any no, details? I've definitely felt that. Like, I think, I, I can't remember exactly who I've spoken to about, but it's definitely come up before where I've spoken about the struggle of getting appreciation from, from other queens mm-hmm. and i've had to like retrain my brain into not needing that because yeah. i feel like as long as drag exists drag queens will struggle to give other drag queens compliments oh, always so that's just gonna have to be a as thing much they struggle to glue down their legs exactly exactly but i i love getting like the people that i hold their opinions most highly are other creatives and drag queens oh i'm set for the month i'm like i don't need to drag again i hold their opinions so highly yeah maybe like i'm putting too much pressure on on that but that for me is is the but yeah you're not drag queens are just not going to give you what no they're not what you want which is unfortunate But we will get onto the village mm-hmm. and the drag scene very soon. I like to ask my guests, because obviously you're a creative, mm-hmm. it surrounds your whole life. And I know that creatives as well, because it surrounds their life, they don't usually have a lot of time for anything else. But I want to ask what you do when you're not being creative. When size wig is hung up in the, I don't even know what you use, it's on the wall, it's in the cupboard, the dresses are so gone, the heels somewhere. are off, the makeup is off. Mm-hmm. What do you get up to? Oh, I feel like it's... Do you have any time for anything else? Honestly, no. And, like, the funniest thing is, is you saying that I just, like, appear out of nowhere and it's, like, every so often. Because it really is, like, I never have any time to do anything. Mm. Which I'm incredibly grateful for. Because mm-hmm. I have a creative business that mm-hmm. I'm, like, so happy to be doing and so lucky that I am as busy as I am. Mm-hmm. So it's never a bad thing for me. Like, I love what I do. I love being busy. Mm-hmm. I hate sitting around doing nothing. So I'm kind of trying to get myself at the moment into a routine of working regular hours because mm-hmm. I just moved. So my studio is now on the other side of the city. Whereas before I was so close to it. Yeah. So like a five minute walk home was nothing. But now it's like 45 minutes. Because you work for yourself. Mm-hmm. Is it difficult to set your hours? Because you've got a kind it of... It is because I never want to leave. Just, you could just work into the night. Which I often and do. into the morning. And into the night again. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? But it's, I'm trying, I, th- I think especially because um, I've just found myself single. Mm. Um, a single parent, a very gorgeous ragdoll cat. Indeed. Um, so I'm trying to also pedal myself into a routine 
to be with him and to make sure like I'm with him so like he's eating regularly even like little things like making sure that he's eating regularly and he's okay and like they give I can you play a with him though mm-hmm. like I feel like it's probably like a saving grace that you've got something that gives you routine outside yes. of your working hours because if it wasn't him I would probably just be in the studio 24 7 so he's yeah. the he's a little thing at the moment that's like making me go home and yeah, make me kind of like take a break and just mm-hmm. chill and do other stuff and see people, mm-hmm. which is really nice. Sometimes I'm like, can I swear? Yeah, yeah, of course. Okay, work. Fuck. <laughs> Fucking great. Um, sometimes I'm kind of oh my god, I completely lost my train of thought. You were saying that you're enjoying having time to yourself yeah. to see friends. Sometimes all I want to do is work. Right. Which um, cannot relate. <laughs> which unfortunately was maybe like a detriment to my relationship. Okay. But like I, tr- I really do love what I do, and like I love drag, mm-hmm. and I love everything that goes into it. Like I love wigs, I love outfits, mm-hmm. even like still in a pair of shoes, bitch. Like I'm like yeah, getting my life for the couple of hours that I'm doing that, uh-huh. and like nothing seems to even come close to the happiness that I get from that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I would happily be creative, in a sense, and just yeah. do that non-stop. It's funny, it's funny because the original question I asked you is about what you do outside of it, and not a problem whatsoever, <laughs> but it just... Nothing sho- But it just, it just, no, 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 it's not that. It just shows how, it's the point of the question, it's a setup. It's a setup mm-hmm. question, because creatives, as a default, creatives will throw themselves into creative stuff when they're not working. I don't think we ever switch off. No. Really, it's a that's constant. the real point of the question. The point I'm trying to make yeah. is that, like, is that I actually I don't mind that. Like, I don't want to do anything else. No, like that's the kind of joy of of what we get to do. Mm-hmm. I I think as well. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the way that you've spoken about drag so far is that you said I don't have a lot of time to myself. I think you do drag in the same way that I do it, where you do it to have a good time. Oh, 100 percent, the Always. best kind. But th- this is also like when you can. Yeah, yeah, of course. But this is also why I have never really been one to, like, want to actively, like, work in drag mm-hmm. and perform in drag and be... When I'm, like, I, hold, like, take my hat off to them. And I say this all the time because I'm, like, obviously we're friends with so many of them who are mm-hmm. constantly booked. It's so wild that they're able to just, I... like, run it off. Like, I could never... <laughs> I could never. It's, it's ruined crazy. it. It ruined it for me for a long time. Yeah, and I think a lot of what how I navigate my life and how I go about drag is has been changed mm-hmm. by working full time in drag. It was the venue that I worked in wasn't great. I've spoken about it before. Won't be reiterating what I've said already. <laughs> But I think that has kind of changed the narrative of how I go about drag and how I navigate drag. I'm sure in a different... This is what the point I'm making is I'm sure in a different venue it would be fine. Even so, I struggle with that balance of I don't want to do it too much. Yeah. Because if I go too far, I'm going to fall out of love with it again. Mm-hmm. And that was the worst thing. It sounds to me like all of the creative stuff that you get up to, I don't think it would ever... I don't think you would ever tip past that point. No. No. Like, stirring the heels, the wigs, the outfits, the styling, mm-hmm. the makeup. Can you see a point where you would get sick of it? Honestly, no. Like, the short answer is no. Mm. I feel like sometimes certain things become monotonous. Mm-hmm. So, but that's the one thing I love about drag. Like, there's, I've already said, like, there's so many aspects to it. That if I'm like, oh, I'm bored of styling hair, maybe I'll make an outfit. Exactly. Or if I'm bored of doing that, I'll stone something. Yeah. Or I'll design a makeup look. Or, like, there's so many little things that go into just, like, one finalised look Mm -hmm. that it's really quite hard to be bored. Yeah. Because there's just so much to do all the time. Mm -hmm. It's also quite hard to be a good drag queen because 
there's so many different because elements so to it. There's so much to do. And I think the way you see successful drag yourself is where, and it shows that you kind of like, you know, are a dra- jack of all trades or a jackie of all trades or whatever. My boy name's Jack, so. Oh, there you go. Yeah, okay, exactly. Fun. I did know that. I find it hard to remember boy names, but. Oh, yeah, we never. Government names don't never. go very far with me. Yeah, what we're saying, what makes good drag is when you have dipped into and have a hand in a lot of different... I mean, this is my opinion. Poppy says, what makes good drag <laughs> is this. And not the, you know, the queen of drag or whatever, or like the know-all of drag. But I feel like the, the, when I see successful drag is when someone has their hand in so many different hats. Yeah. And then it kind of scares people. Another When another bitch gets a sewing machine and knows how to sew, mm-hmm. or another bitch starts making wigs... It does make everyone tremble a little bit. It makes everyone oh, shit themselves a little bit. for sure. Yeah. I remember when you... Because you've been doing drag a while. Two years? Yes. Make up for a while. Make up for a lot longer, yes. But when you started going out in the village, I remember being like, oh my God, they're just going to eat everyone up. <laughs> they're just going to eat everyone up. Like, it's just not really fair. It's like kind for of... the three times a year she goes out. Yes, yes. And also you've said that you're not like looking for those gigs, but because you've got so many different skills that lend itself to drag, I think that's scary. I think that's intimidating. Maybe that's why people don't like me sometimes. If so, Mm -hmm. I don't think that, I don't think that's an issue for you to worry about. I feel like it's scary in a sense of, because like sometimes I see other queens and they're like so capable. I'm like, fuck, I need to like step up my game. They're so able. But it's it's like they're so good at various things mm-hmm. that sometimes it's like, oh shit, maybe I need to like do better at that. Okay. Or at my game on this, or maybe I should learn to do that. Mm. So f- I kind of like to see it as I guess like motivation. Okay. To do better. But like, oh, this is gonna sound so mean. Say it. I just don't think some girls have it. <laughs> I think some of you are I don't think you're the only one with that opinion. I just think that people no, don't say it. Oh, gal, w- there's groups of us and we all sit and talk about it all the time. So no, I'm not <laughs> the only one. It's not that... I don't even think that it's that it's that they're incapable. I just think a lot of girls like just don't want to. I think some people do drag for a specific reason. I yes. think intention behind drag is important. Mm-hmm. because and this is why i would never kind of i would never discourage anyone from doing drag or would never say anything that would make someone think twice about doing it mm-hmm. because everyone has a different intention so some people do drag to make money yeah and if you're making money and you're happy with the money you're making work keep doing what you're doing mm-hmm. that might not necessarily be the standard that I like, or I say standard as there's like some kind of like level. Drag is a taste. Drag different it's drags fully is a taste, taste though, level. But that's why I don't that think might not you be my. Would be like upset about someone's opinion because like you taking someone else's opinion of what you do and holding it mm. as if as if their opinion is the most valid thing and that maybe it's really not. It's like saying it's like I, I like to think of drag as like different genres of film or TV mm-hmm. or like music even. Let's take music. You've got queens in the village that that do alternative kinds of drag Mm. that I would put in like rock or like metal or I don't like that kind of, I'm not saying I don't like alternative queens because I do, but what I'm saying is hypothetically, I don't like rock music and metal music or whatever. So if I tell someone or if I say that I don't like that type of drag, that's fine because it's a taste level. I'm just going to reiterate, I do like alternative (laughs) drag. It was just hypothetical. Let's use a different one. Hyperpop. Mm-hmm. Say I didn't like hyperpop. Not a good example because I do. 
But let's say I don't. Anime drag. That kind of drag. Mm-hmm. If I don't like that kind of drag, that's fine. I'm not, like, devalidating it. I just, this is not my taste. Do you agree? Like, if someone doesn't like my drag, it's fine because, like, that's not your taste. It doesn't <laughs> It doesn't invalidate what I do. It doesn't make uh-huh. what I do any less appealing or any less... It, it doesn't take any, like, talent away from me. No. It doesn't take any of my ability away from me that mm. you don't like it. And you are so entitled to not like it. Uh-huh. If everyone liked it, what's the point? Yeah. Like, we're not, we're not out here trying to be palatable anyway. And no one talks about liking everything all the time. <laughs> I know. Start a conversation. Absolutely. You're right. You're right. You know right. what I mean? I do. It's like, I don't care. I don't care what people think about. I know. I like it. And that's so. the most important thing. Some people, and there we go. We've got another reason why people do drag. Because they like it. Because they like to do drag. Mm-hmm. Some people do it for money. They might not like it. Doesn't matter. Some people do drag because they like it. They might yeah. not make any money. Doesn't matter. Because they're doing it and they're succeeding in what mm-hmm. they, they're succeeding in the objective of why they're doing drag. Yeah. So yeah. Some people don't like my wigs. And that's fine. It doesn't make me any less booked. Exactly. It just, and I feel like, but it's not even this, it kind of sounds like I'm trying to be like, oh, who cares what they think? But it's very much I'm on the side of the girls who other girls have opinions about. Yeah. And that like, please do not let have it discourage opinions. what you're doing and what you want to do. And don't, I think the main thing is don't let another drag queen reroute what you want to do with your drag. Mm. I think doing, going out and being like, oh, well, this girl was in this hair, or this girl mm-hmm. did her makeup like this, so maybe I should, bitch, no, fuck all that. Mm. Like, do what you want to do. Yeah. If it takes you a year to get to where you want to be, work. If it yeah. takes you 10 years, fantastic. Mm-hmm. But like, as long as you're consistently doing what you want to do all the time, mm-hmm. that is like, that shows so much yeah. to other people, and you literally glow. Yeah. I think that is sometimes what people forget is like drag is also about the like stance you hold and mm-hmm. and the way you kind of like put across what you want to do. It's what's going on inside someone's head. You're yeah. putting what I, what I always say about drag makeup is what I said from the very beginning which is kind of like it makes more sense now because I can actually I actually have the ability to do it. But when I first started, I always used to say to people, if you don't like your drag face, what are you doing? Because you're paying on a new face. Yeah. And I used to just get, I used to get so like, I used to laugh about, I'm giggling now because I used to like laugh about it. And like now I, I couldn't paint the face I wanted to then. So it was, it was kind <laughs> of, a, it was a talent thing. Like yeah. I like how I look now, so it's fine. But it always confuses me when people don't like their own drag because I'm like, you, you've spent hours painting on a new face. Why don't you like it? You should be obsessed with what you're doing. Oh my God, Philly. You should be absolutely obsessed with what you're putting on and and what you're presenting like fuck everyone else mm-hmm. if you're feeling like you need to veer off in a different direction because someone has an opinion about it or it's not popular or anything else what are you doing honestly like i think on the back of that like sometimes people can mistake that for like ego or mm. kind of like self-involvement and it's mm. i'm very much and i've not i've not always been like this but mm. Like, especially the last few years, I'm very much in the mindset of if I'm not obsessed with myself and what I'm doing, who the fuck is going to be? And this is it. This is exactly what who I'm talking is about. going to be? Mm-hmm. You said something about when someone is loving what they're doing, they have a glow. Mm-hmm. That's exactly right. And I've definitely spoken about this before in that you don't believe in it. Other people won't. Oh my God, fully, absolutely not. Because uh-huh. it just doesn't like, the way you kind of like hold your body and even like your physical stance is just, it's just, it feels off because what you're doing is not what you want to do. Yeah, exactly. Whereas like, I know, I like, can't speak for everyone, I can't speak for you, but mm. correct me if I'm wrong, but <laughs> you can try. in the way that like, 
I look and the way that I present my drag. Yeah, I absolutely fucking love it. And you should. And I don't think exactly what you said is it's not an ego thing. It's no. that what you're doing is you're putting this, all of these layers on and, oh, well, some people don't put as many layers on. But, you're, you know, you're putting makeup on, you're putting hair on. It's, it's supposed to be your complete taste level and mm-hmm. completely exactly what you want to present. And if you're not obsessed with it, if you're trying to adhere to other people's tastes or you're trying to, you know, fit a certain narrative or whatever, that comes through. Yeah. And like no amount of full coverage makeup is going to hide that. Mm-hmm. It it comes through and it's blinding. Always. And it's also this thing that like we eat, sleep and breathe it and we, we put mm-hmm. so much time and money. Drag is such a time consuming thing to do mm-hmm. and such an expensive thing to do. Not always, but like mm. it can. I'm a 50 queen, so not as much, but even so. <laughs> it can become this like very like soul sucking expensive mm. thing. Mm-hmm. And so you kind of have to do it with the intent of pushing your best self and everything that you want to present. And I keep repeating myself, but I just want people to to be obsessed with themselves. Like, why why, why would you not be? That's the point of drag. It's, it's this thing that's momentarily real. Mm-hmm. And you go home and you take it off and then you can look in the mirror and cry. Yeah. I fucking do. Absolutely. But for that, like, very brief moment that you're in drag, absolutely live in that fully. Mm-hmm. And you sure just That's the point of it. Like, why else would you do it? If not to to walk into a room and just be the absolute one. Uh No matter what that is. No. Like, it doesn't have to be whatever's on RuPaul at the time. Or or whatever's in Pretty Little Thing at the time. Or anything like that. Some of the most incredible, most confident drag. And confidence, whatever reason I say that is because confidence is like half the battle. Mm -hmm. Some of the most incredible drag I've seen hasn't been the most popular style or the most popular song at the time, or even in this era, mm-hmm. it just it sometimes it just comes from a completely off the cuff place. But because okay. that person believes in what they're doing, that speaks so much higher than what they're wearing or what they look like. Oh, for or, sure. And that's not to say that the off the cuff isn't aesthetically pleasing because it it definitely is. Mm-hmm. But it's not about all that. No, it's not. No, we've just had a little break, and then Sai's <laughs> just dropped a bomb on me. So we'll um. I'm going to steer the conversation in that direction very, very soon. That's right. <laughs> I want to Because I want to pick good. your brains. So, so, I want to take you, cast your mind back mm-hmm. to the beginning of your creative journey and ask you... Where, well, very, very long time. <laughs> Mid-twenties to... I don't know when you started. This is my question. 20s. So, where did your... Because makeup's where it started you didn't do drag first it was makeup started the funnily enough actually did tell me wrong tell me i'm gonna you go ahead i'll let you go so this is 10 years ago it was a decade ago Mm -hmm. which when i was just when you were i was just nine (laughs) (laughs) a petite nine just small nine yeah it's about 10 years ago i i know exactly how it started which is so random but i was i'd never done makeup before i had no interest in makeup. God forbid. Right. Never done makeup. Had no interest in it. Had no... Like, when I... In hindsight, when I think about, like, my teenagers and my awareness of, like, queer culture and drag mm-hmm. culture, n- nothing. Blank. Like, absolutely nothing in my brain about any of it. Because you um, said about being... Because you're from a small small town in, yeah, yeah. in Wales. A little village next to a small town. So it took a bit of time for the queer Just culture to bleed bit, yeah. through. Uh-huh. So I had no prior awareness of, like, anything really queer or mm-hmm. like even drag related mm-hmm. and i was on like a random youtube binge i was unemployed and very fucking sad i was on like a random youtube binge in my room and uh one of willem's videos uh when uh, they used to do the beatdown mm-hmm. 
like their first the original beatdown uh-huh. that came up and I was like is this a is this a, is this a drag queen like, I, I that's how clueless I was uh-huh. I just knew that it made me laugh like they, they were a funny bitch mm-hmm. it was it was hilarious so I went on this binge of like all of their videos and then it kind of went off into like Manila Luzon's music videos mm-hmm. and just all of this stuff and everything kind of really wildly was making sense mm-hmm. in that like I was so immediately entranced by whatever it was I was watching that was drag related but I had no idea why yeah and so it kind, kind of, of like a car crash where you like can't look away yeah she was like 4am and I was like eyes wide still on this YouTube rabbit hole of anything to do with drag Mm -hmm. and it was days of me in my room just like drag makeup uh, wigs uh, funny drag queens like just constantly anything I could search Mm -hmm. anything I could like absorb into my brain I also at this point had no idea what drag race was so because obviously primarily YouTube would push drag race queens videos yeah and then there would be the odd I can't even remember their names but like the odd kind of non-drag race queen that would do like a makeup tutorial or a hair tutorial that I would watch those as well mm-hmm. but every so often drag race as a term was mentioned mm-hmm. I had no idea what it was like, what is this what is this race that keeps going like, race like race <laughs> and at this point it was season five mm-hmm. I'm that pretty sure bit, can I just stop you right season. there because that is a very good place to start right so at that point, season five is is the latest. Season five was the latest. Oh, I'm so so jealous of right. the people that start their drag race journey. I think Alice was the same. You know, I think at Alice five. started on season five, and I think it sh- I I think it shows mm-hmm. because five is the I think like it's the elite. That's like the good old days. It is. I don't want to. That sounds horrible, but no. But that's that's kind of like from there onwards is where like it started to pick up. Mm-hmm. I feel. So like if you've if you started at five, like it just makes sense. It just makes sense mm-hmm. as to where you both at now. Yeah. Anyway, sorry I interrupted. No, Go no, ahead. Sorry. And at this point, I was. Do you remember Chris Crocker? Oh, I don't. And Adore. Yep. So they, I started to come across like their YouTube videos because Adore had either just started drag mm-hmm. or no, she must have just started drag because uh-huh. this was this was a while ago. Mm-hmm. So her and Chris used to do videos together when she started drag became like a huge fan of hers mm-hmm. watched every single video and i mean like refreshing youtube daily <laughs> in case she posted a new drag video uh-huh. which is so funny like how engrossed i was in this mm-hmm. world that i had no understanding of and so quickly as well and out of nowhere so quickly and then i think i maybe bought like one piece of makeup well let me talk about occ all the time mm-hmm. the cosmetics brand i think i bought like saved up whatever money i could from whatever i was doing at the time and bought like a lip tar i think they used to be called i'm pretty sure yeah yeah. So I bought a lip tar and there was a MAC, I think it was a MAC 168 brush. Okay. Which is like an angled fluffy brush. Uh-huh. Had no other makeup products. And I was like, no, I just really want this brush. What are you doing with the brush? The Absolutely nothing. I just like the way it looks. <laughs> but that's what I mean. It, it, it was this like wild, unexplainable obsession with even the way like makeup brushes looked. Okay. And it's so odd. If you get it, you get it. Mm. But it was just this this fascination with just like everything to do with makeup and drag. And even if I didn't, I had no idea what things did. Mm-hmm. Like I, the first kind of makeup brushes I bought was paint brushes from Hobbycraft. Because I didn't even know you could buy a, a set of brushes. Oh my God. So I was watching makeup videos. I was like, oh, this brush looks like this paintbrush. So I'll buy this paintbrush because it must do a similar thing. Not you using paintbrushes on your face. Right? 
But do you think, skip for now, do you think you could do your face with paintbrushes? Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. And I'd kill her. <laughs> you kidding me? Maybe you should do that. Maybe should that should I? be a, Maybe that should be like a little reel. Next time I go out, if I look horrible, you I'll mind your why. business. <laughs> but you'll know why. She's used a scrub daddy to put her um, <laughs> foundation on. I'm surprised no one's done that. I feel like someone's probably done that, right? You should do it, though. I think you should. It would My make YouTube sense, but you need back. the story. You need the context behind it first. Yeah, I'd like yeah. podcast, then come back to the video with the scrub daddy. Yeah. Um, so you're watching these YouTube videos. Mm-hmm. How? What happens between that and you doing your own videos and, for lack of a better word, becoming a beauty influencer? Because I feel like you sit around that era mm-hmm. where the YouTube was kind of popping off, and oh, I was the, one of the first. All the beauty influencers yeah. were kind of like you know running the shit. Mm-hmm. What happens in between using paintbrushes and that era of time? So yeah, I feel like I went off a bit talking about everything I can remember. No, that's what I'm here for. It's been a while since I've that's even spoken for. about it. Mm-hmm. But um, so I, from the YouTube videos, like watching, uh-huh. I started to get into drag and do drag makeup, and that I was like, this is what I want to do in my life. Mm-hmm. I want to be a drag queen. Okay. It like straight away, and it was so immediate and so just like looking back, like overwhelming. Mm-hmm. How much I wanted to be good at it mm-hmm. straight away, and how much I just wanted to learn everything. Mm-hmm which is the most kind of like intense feeling that I've ever experienced. Yeah. But from there, it was drag, drag, drag all the time. And people just weren't very receptive, uh, receptive to it. Like people in, in like my personal life, like my friends and family, just weren't receptive to it at all. There were some quite derogatory things said. I also, I weighed quite a lot back then. Okay. So I was about, I think I was just over 19 stone. Okay. At my biggest. So like, I had already no self-confidence. Right. And coming from like teenagers of being picked on for that and being gay and just like everything else. Or when you're getting like, like when you're getting the confidence through drag and then you've not got yeah. the And then when people are knocking pe- that thing You're like, okay, well that's just that kind of I'm kicking me while I'm down. like so obsessed with it was like, okay, this thing that I'm supposed to be beautiful in, like I'm just people just are still saying these shitty things. Yeah. So around about this time in the midst of this, I applied for a job at a makeup counter. So I was like, I just want to be in makeup. Mm -hmm. I want to do makeup and then I want to do drag. And like, this is my life. This is what I want to do. Mm -hmm. So I took my little portfolio of like all the stuff I'd done on myself, Mm -hmm. like printed out every single photo into a little booklet and took it to this interview. And the person who interviewed me was like, this isn't commercial. This isn't what you'll be doing on counter. You need to, they didn't give me the job. Um, She was like, you need to go away and work on your commercial skills. And what you can do for like bridal and prom. She's like, this is fab. This is great creative stuff, but it just doesn't work here. And if you want a job in makeup, this isn't going to cut it. She was so wrong for that. Right. She was so Look rude for that. <laughs> and I'm like... Name drop. <laughs> <laughs> can't even remember. <laughs> and I was... It was, it was like, it was soul crushing. Like it was mm-hmm. really shit. Mm-hmm. That this thing that made so much sense to me wasn't making sense to other people. Yeah. And obviously, like I said, I, I didn't grow up kind of really queer-centric or having any knowledge of this world that I belong to. Mm-hmm. So I didn't understand why people didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. So I went away, worked on my commercial stuff. Drag kind of like took a back seat mm-hmm. because I was like, right now I need to support myself. Like I'm a young adult at this point. Mm-hmm. I need to be able to support myself. And, and I want to work in makeup. That what you want to do. Yeah. Isn't what I'm going to do. Isn't what you're going to do. So. <laughs> I, How wrong she was. Right. I can't look at me now, but. I know, I know. So, went away, worked on stuff. I started uh, doing makeup on my friends. And eventually, at the same counter, got the job that I wanted. Mm-hmm. And I was still doing, like, little bits of drag. 
because that is where my like center of creativity was mm-hmm. kind of lying was still in drag mm-hmm. but then the more i got pushed into commercial counter like retail yeah. side of makeup it just took a back seat and i couldn't get out of like the things that people said about me negatively and about what i was doing with drag mm-hmm. um it's a i think initially what i said which was the makeup came first that was my initial yeah my initial interpretation or like idea of of you as a creative as a makeup artist because i i I think it's because of the the amount of content that's out there that you've put out there Mm -hmm. that is commercial yes makeup Mm -hmm. i think that's why i have that idea of your the other stuff is quite lost is the original stuff what you've just explained to me is the reason why is because you've kind of used it as like a stepping stone. So doing yes. this, getting good at this side of thing because that's what people want. Mm-hmm. And that, that that is what a lot of drag queens do is maybe not like doing the, the bridal and the prom and the doing the yeah. girls' makeup yeah. for their prom and whatever. Mm-hmm. But we all start by doing what we think people want. Commercializing ourselves. For certain amount of time mm-hmm. paying the dues as people like to say skip to now and you're doing exactly what you wanted to do at the beginning which is so strange and i didn't think that, i didn't know that that was your narrative a, but that's yeah. su- that's such a, a, a kind of it, it's nice in hindsight mm-hmm. but it's kind of shit that you've had to go through all of that first before you've been able to do exactly what you wanted to do i'm surprised by that i didn't know that i like it it's what i'm um, super grateful for it like i was very lucky to build the platform that i was able to build Mm -hmm. i remember i started producing video content like not long after instagram introduced videos so i was which you were right on it so old you were right on it but like yeah i was one of the first especially male Mm -hmm. one of the first male hashtag boys in makeup right (laughs) and like that kind of very grateful for it yeah. And I would never change any of it, like, even from, like, a financial perspective. And mm-hmm. I hate talking about money, but, like, I was able to help my parents with stuff and have my friends be a little bit more kind of... Uh, you know that thing when it's like, oh, I can't come out, I've got no money? Yeah. I would always be like, bitch, you're coming out because I've got money. Yeah. And I always just wanted everyone around me to just be okay. And I think coming from a childhood of not having... Everything. Everything and not having even a lot. It was just nice that I was able to do that for the people around me. Mm-hmm. And Alice jokes now and says that I sold out With... because I went from drag to boy makeup. But th- this is this is it. It's, I'm it's, like, yeah, it's... bitch, I did sell out because I had to. Exactly, and and I think this is this is why when people ask me about mm-hmm. is I hated it. It was horrible, but and it, it it was probably a sellout. But I wouldn't be here if I didn't do all that. You do things to survive. Yeah, you do what you like. You have a vision in mind of what you want to do, mm-hmm. and maybe what you're doing at the time isn't exactly pinpoint. This is my goal. This is my end goal. But you know that if you do this, it's gonna put you on the right track. Yeah, it's like I I think everything we do is imperative to an end goal, and whether it kind of makes sense at the time to us or not. Like I didn't necessarily want to be doing boy stuff. I think drag always like sat in the back of my head. But you moved in the right direction to yeah. get there and i think that's important and i built a platform fuck which is yeah, fuck you alice <laughs> built a platform which is now I'm gonna cut that out. enabled me <laughs> send it to me i'll send it <laughs> i've now built a platform that has allowed my drag to have a platform when i eventually got back into it many yeah. years later but yeah. like yeah no i think i'm just i'm, I'm really grateful mm-hmm. and i wouldn't undo any of it and i wouldn't change it and I, I don't regret anything i think i slightly slightly regret not going back to drag earlier 
Okay. Or maybe even cutting it out altogether. Right. So I'm like, if I had 10 years of drag under my belt, where would I be? So you think that when you were doing your more commercial side, you were on the makeup counter, you were doing people's makeup, you were doing influencer, make beauty influencer things, mm-hmm. videos, content, shit like that. You say that you cut drag out. Did you have an intention of coming back to it? Or were you like, Honestly, no. This is no because it uh, it's a very straight, and I feel like only a handful of people will understand because... In the same way that I can't understand someone else's job. Mm, it's very kind of unique like experience. Path. Yeah. I do really think so. And I think a lot of people have opinions about the world of influencers and influencers as people, which is fine. Like, I don't really care. Mm-hmm. But it's a very odd thing to be a part of. Mm. And it's a very... Like, it, once you're in it, it's really hard to pull yourself out of it. Okay. But very honestly, the money's really good. Mm-hmm. So for the first time in my life, I was able to to do things with money that I wasn't able to do before. And I was able to like support myself, you know, move out and live on my own and buy all these things and send my parents on holiday and do all these things. It was so crazy because I'd never had those opportunities uh-huh. that I was like, why would I ever give this up? But then you very quickly realize that, like I really quickly realized that I'm not actually fucking happy. Like sure money's good, but with money comes problems. Mm-hmm. Sure, like having having a following is really fab, but then I think a lot of the times it made me more anxious. Uh-huh. Like I used to go to influencer social media events and and just feel like this overwhelming sense of like imposter syndrome, and that like I didn't look like these other people. Mm-hmm. I wasn't like skinny and beautiful, and so with it for me personally came a lot of also like traumatic feelings. Yeah, and it was this whirlwind of I think I'm unhappy, but also I'm stable. So why am I unhappy? Yeah, I, th- I think it's the stru- it's it's very difficult. I can empathise with you because it, you're struggling between this is everything I haven't had before. This is something I've not had before. I'm able to, you know, have other people enjoy this with me, mm-hmm. and I can give and give and give and give to other people where I haven't been able to before. I'm having things that I've not had in my childhood. I would feel the same tomorrow if I had a job that earned like a stupid amount of money. I would be like, okay, how can I like now? make up for what i didn't have yeah you're getting all these feelings but also you're not doing what you set out to do yeah so it's kind of the way up of what's more important at the time is the money and what comes with it or the original intention and now you're in a place you're in a much more of a privileged place where you can you can do what you love and what you had intended to do originally with the comfort and i don't think you're a sellout at all for doing that i don't i don't i don't even think it comes into it i just feel like it sometimes no but i can can under i can and i can understand why you feel that way but i just think that's a negative i just think that's a negative way to look at it Mm -hmm. and i think that sometimes we have to do things that because like you've not gone out and killed a load of people do you know what i mean you've not like done anything horrible to get where you are you've not stepped on loads of people all you've done is done something that you hadn't originally intended Mm -hmm. that wasn't kind of your heart wasn't in it but you were good at it which is impressive in itself because previously spoken about how when someone's heart's not in it you can tell yeah yeah. you've done something that you didn't want to do originally but done it very well made a really really good foundation for yourself so that now you can enjoy your life and do what you want you originally wanted to do i think that's the thing you just said there that what we were saying earlier about you like your heart not being in it really does show Uh i'm saying that from experience Uh that my content started to really lack and like my posting schedule dropped and like i just was producing content that just wasn't quality anymore Uh and i was doing stuff either a because it was working with a brand which is 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 my job like my job is to create content Mm -hmm. for 
brands mm -hmm. like that's what being an influencer is yeah so it was that or it was just like half ass content just to almost like fill gaps yeah because it just wasn't it just what is it wasn't satisfying and it wasn't it wasn't that same overwhelming feeling that i got when i first found out what drag was uh-huh it just it didn't give me that and well, I you know the of, reason why because you didn't want to do that in the first not place. What to do. No, I know. And I don't think that I don't think that's I don't think you should beat yourself up about that because I can feel it. I can feel it f like from past you coming through that you feel a type of way about it. But yeah, for sure. Seeing what you do now, the content you put out now, the actually fuck the content. I see how you are in person in what you're doing. And bitch, let's talk about the the blue. Your first performance <laughs> in drag. Is the that your first, first performance in drag? That's the I'm first wrong. and last, yeah. That, I'm going to set the scene. New Union. I think it was a Sunday. Was it a Sunday? Or was it Thursday? Thursday. Not the Lord's that Day. That surprises me. Not I Thursday, girl. New Union, Thursday, reload. I didn't I didn't attend because it's a weekday, and Poppy does not go out on a weekday because she has a 9 to 5. However, I remember just seeing the video of you performing I'm Blue, Dabba Dee Dabba Dabba Dabba. It was a cover. And it was a cover, yeah. Pardon? Fozio, incredible singer. Yeah, yeah. Give the credit, please, because mm -hmm. I don't know the, I don't know the credits. And I, I think fr from an, an outward perspective, because at that point I don't think I'd actually met you properly and no. spoke to you properly. From an outward perspective, I think I think I was shocked by the maybe the level of commitment to what was happening on stage because I knew of you before from your makeup mm -hmm. days and and such because I was massive. Like I used to watch YouTube and I did recognize you from that time in, mm -hmm. in youtube history um and i think i was shocked by the level of commitment to what was going on on stage and the performance but having got to know you and got to know the progression and know you as a person it makes total fucking sense thank you it makes t it really does and i'm not just blowing smoke up your ass it makes so much sense because that in it that in like that moment in time and it's all culminated in that moment and it, and it's and it, it showed like every i'm pretty sure all the queens went running <laughs> it was so impressive and i wasn't even there it's so hard to like talk about that objectively view yourself uh -huh. and i feel like all of us have the same insecurity sometimes where it's, it's like oh was it good like oh, absolutely okay did this and like like we said, I'm obsessed with what I do and, and kind of like the energy and the effort and the time it's taken to get Saya to where she is. And I'll always be obsessed with her uh -huh. and what I'm capable of. But you do have those moments. I think it's because it was the first time I'd done something that I said I would never do. Okay. Like I said I would never perform, ever. Why is that? I just, I, it's, again, like I said it earlier, but it's this like wild sense of like imposter syndrome. And I don't think I'm a performer and I don't think, or I didn't think anyone would care for what performance I would put on. Okay. Because for me, I feel like, and this is this is my own insecurity, but I feel like everyone is obsessed with like boom, cack, like splits, like all of that stuff. The stuff that I can't do and will never be able to do. Mm -hmm. So for me in my brain, when I'm like, oh, well, this is the kind of thing I would do, I feel like everyone's like, okay. Right. Like that's, you were that's wrong. not what we want to say. <laughs> which is you nice. were very Everyone wrong. Was so sweet after, which was like, like, did I go home and cry? Yeah, I fucking did. Yeah, and good. But it was, it, it was really nice because that, and it sounds so like stupid, but that one performance is like weeks, weeks and weeks and weeks of like overtime in my head, and it was like every second of every day, which 
might be my own little like hyperfixation issues, but no, it what? was like we're all the same. Trying to find what I'd wear and how I'd move, and it was the first time I think since something like makeup that it, it was this weird. I'm so obsessed with the idea of doing this. Mm-hmm. But it also was terrifying. And it was Chanel. Like, Chanel was the one who was really like, I was going to do a Scottish accent and I'm not going to do a Scottish accent. She was like, you're doing this. She was like, I think you should do it. I think that she was like, I- I'm booked. I really want you to do it. I think, you should do it I think that woman could persuade me to do anything, you know. Right? <laughs> I'm so glad she persuaded you to do it. Because it was no, very, I know. It, like, I can't tell you enough. But that woman could persuade me to jump off a cliff. And I would. I would. With a smile on my fucking face, I would, I would do it. I would. She's In a ginger bag. But no, so I'm, I'm really grateful for, like, her to have pushed me to it. Because mm-hmm. like I said, I would never have done it. And I think Alice as well, like, me and Alice spoke about performing and doing it before, but it was always kind of just, like, talk, it felt like. Like a pipe dream. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I could, I could feel myself warming up to the idea more as me and Alice would speak about it more. Mm-hmm. And then Schnarr comes on and she's like, I mean, you're doing it, so yeah. get over it. Absolutely. And I will pose you a question. Okay. You said that you spent weeks thinking about it and planning it in your head mm-hmm. and, you know, tearing and throwing, what do I do here, what do I do there? Had you ever spent as long as you spent planning that performance or thinking about that performance on anything you'd done before any of your makeup days any of your youtube videos all of that side of your career to that degree no that's all i have to say which it sounds so weird because it's like i love new union Mm. and i love the show but But was i just really overthinking this thing that was as simple as me going on stage no and doing a show because and it just it speaks to the intention and the objectives that you have it doesn't matter where it is Mm mm-hmm it doesn't... Union is a great crowd. That was absolutely it's a, like... It's an incredible didn't crowd. Didn't mean to sound like an incredible show. From me. The energy in the room is enough of what you need. Mm-hmm. And you took it. And I think that's just... It's, it's just the fact that you had that. I don't know. I, I, I can't... It's almost like... It's almost like I can't describe it. I almost don't want to. Do, I, do you know what I'm getting at? The Palladium comment was like... Because like, bitch, I worked myself up. Uh-huh. And I'm like, why am I working myself up? Oh. it matters so much to you. Yeah, like it really fucking did. It matters so much. And it doesn't matter where it is or who's there. If it's one person, if it's a thousand people, you were doing what you had in mind when 10 years ago, when you first saw that Willem video. Yeah. That was the culmination Aww. of... of and, <laughs> do you know And that's that's why it meant so much to you. Little Jack. Do you know what I mean? That's, it really did as well. I never thought that... I never thought performing would do that but i think for me like i had to think about the visuals and, and the song choice and like how i would paint and uh-huh. how i would move and it was not that not that other people don't because that would be wrong of me to say but i had to think less about this idea that i was doing a, a performance that i was lip syncing on stage and more so about the visual aspect of it uh-huh. which is i think like where my passion in drag lies yeah so the second i kind of clicked on to oh i'm not like more so like not thinking about how scared i was to perform but how excited I was to be in this fucking outfit and to look like this and to like move to this song that I really fucking love. Yeah. Like stunning cover. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. Listen to it about 900 times at this point. Yeah. But the second I kind of like changed that narrative in my head of like, why why am I thinking about how scared I am when I should be thinking about how excited I am uh-huh. for the bits that I actually do like and the mm-hmm. bits that I do all the time and the things that I've worked on so much that should be the forefront of my thinking. Mm-hmm. So from then, like doing it was amazing. A bit weird. So weird. But felt like a bit of a fever. So weird. Yeah. I couldn't see anything because, like, no, you can't. There's a fucking huge light on. If you're you. doing a ballad, they just chuck a massive, a massive yeah. light on your face, and that's it. But I, it, was, it was necessary because it looked very nice. I am. Um, I knocked my hat at the end. Ah. Uh, which yeah. was 
in the moment I was like, oh, fuck this. I want to go off stage. Like, I shouldn't have done this. I'm so shit. <laughs> got backstage and told the girls. And they were like, oh, my God, go up. <laughs> like, shut the fuck up. It's absolutely fine. Yeah, literally. And I'm I watched surprised. the videos back. So I see my friends with them and filmed it. So I watched it all back after. And I was like. How many times? Don't lie. Do you know, not, I do the exact same. Um, no, I. I Not as the full clip. Maybe I wa- I watch it maybe like twice. Okay. The fair. little We're not the, the same little though, snippets then. of the stuff that I wanted to repost. Okay. I watch those over and over, and I still go back to the photos now, like the the photos from the night, and because mm. like one of my friends came up from Wales, yeah. Like one of my best friends from back home, and she saw it, and I feel like Alice, being my kind of like foster drag mother, uh-huh. was there, and Rosie and Chanel. Mm-hmm. And at the time, my boyfriend and like all my closest friends, and it is nice to look back on all of that and the experience as a whole, rather mm-hmm. than like, oh, I'm just gonna watch this two minute clip of it's got all of this me on added, stage. Like, it's got all this added context of the time, the place, yeah. the intention, who, what, where, when, and why. Yeah, and for sure. that you'll take that with you. I feel like that was a turning point. Am I wrong in that? No, I think immediately after that, I, I felt different in in my drag and my capability in my comfort zone because mm-hmm. like like i said i said i never do that more so because i was fucking terrified mm. of doing it the idea of being in front of people i think being in a club in drag is so different yeah because people will look at you they'll look away you'll walk through a crowd of people mm-hmm. it is what it is but to have every single person in that room completely fixated on you because that's the point of you being there in that moment is fucking terrifying like that's so scary yeah so like i said earlier these girls who are booked out the fucking ass all the time i don't know how they do it <laughs> that was it's weeks and weeks and weeks of often, like it crying emotionally, it is emotionally exhausting mm-hmm. because for me i mean it's different from when you when, when i first started performing because i have a very different trajectory into drag because mm-hmm. i come from a musical theater background so having everybody look at me is kind of like i'm obsessed with it and will have it <laughs> at any second of the day at all times and i have no problem with it that. But I remember when I first started, like, I was sh- I was shitting myself. But there's nothing better. Mm-hmm. And I feel like once you do that once, you get the bug. Yeah. I'll tell you what. Well, I had a little bit more than I wanted to talk about on a different vein. But we can save it for another time. Yeah. Because I feel like we- the-, the conversation's gone the way it's gone. And I'm quite happy with okay. wh- where we've gone. So we are moving towards the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. And I will make a note that we have not even gone into the business mogul that is the wig stylist sire mm-hmm. but as i said we will just have to do another episode another, another time much, um what i want to ask you to kind of move towards the end of the episode is what intentions you have for the future so with regards to you know whether it's performance or whether it's more business related or anything to do with sire where do you see yourself going that's such a heavy question it is it can be closer to present. It can be far in the future. Do you have any? Do you have any goals? Any, you know, performance? I think it's it's definitely something that occupies a little part of my brain a bit more than before. Mm-hmm. And even in you saying that, like things felt different after that, after the first time, it does. Like mm. I I listen to music differently, which is so wild. Because mm. like even little things like that, I just never thought would you even now be think part about of the process. How would I do this? Yeah. How would I do this song? <laughs> what would I wear? Oh, this happened. I, I would move you experience like, you know this I mean? for the first time. It's so oh, fun. It? I'm living like vicariously through you. <laughs> it's like there's so many songs on like all my playlists that I listen to differently now that I think I'm kind of carrying into the idea of performances. Mm-hmm. And me and Alice have are kind of in the process of doing a show. Come on, Chiwo. So we're we've been talking about it for about a year. Can you tell me this? 
How far in the works is it? I think so. We're currently... So we are venue hunting because the last one didn't work out. Okay. But we're venue hunting. Okay. And we have numbers planned. And I'm really excited for it. And between us, we know fucking everyone. So the lineup's always going to be really good. Yeah, we yes. So, yeah, no, I'm really excited for that. That That's a... That's a I feel like don't tell the audience too much. A part because... of drag that I never thought I'd lean into. Uh-huh. As much as I think I'm about to so that's really fun and obviously like you mentioned the wig business like that's my little baby so I'm I'm, I've not got too many plans in terms of like oh this is what I want to achieve and this is what I want to do I'm just happy with like where she is keep doing what you're doing with that yeah yeah and I'm lucky enough to be really busy yeah. And have like a really amazing clientele, and I'm just very happy with where that is. And like I have moved into a studio, and like I have a, like a proper business workspace. Like I feel uh-huh. like an actual adult, and that funds the the vocation that mm-hmm. is drag. Like that being able to do something that you love. I'm yeah. sad that we've not been able to talk about it more because we would be here for hours no if we delved into everything. <laughs> we literally was just chatting away. We'll do, we'll do a part two. We will. We will. But being able to do something that you. Be, <laughs> <laughs> I'm 12. Being able to do something that you love and fund the hobby that you also love yeah. is kind of like the dream. That is still to do with the hobby. Drag, yeah. yeah. And it's just, it feels like this little, just like bubble of happiness that I just. I get to do this every day. Yeah. Which is so stupid. Like, that's so fucking wild. And I think I would, like, absolutely love to go back and just reassure younger me that it's gonna be a bit weird for a while but like you're gonna be fine yeah and eventually you'll be at i think a more susceptible age so like i'm so much i feel like i'm so much more aware now of my life and what's going on and like retaining memories and retaining information and which sounds i don't know if that makes any sense no it does but i feel like being like my early 20s i don't fucking remember any of it like present yeah like i feel present that's exactly the right terminology i feel present Mm mm-hmm I feel aware of what I'm doing and more engaged with what I'm doing, which is nice because I'm finally doing the shit that makes me happy. You can look around and be like, I'm happy with what's happening right now. Yeah, for sure. Whereas maybe in your early 20s, because you weren't doing what you wanted to do, you were looking to the future. Mm -hmm. Now you're just looking around you at what's happening now and being like, I'm so fucking happy with what's going on. And even outside of of drag and, and the wig business, like just my life in general just feels great like the friends i've got and the people i know now and i think what drag has given me outside of drag itself mm-hmm. in that like i have relationships with people all over the world mm-hmm. and people that i've kind of like revered and idolize idolize is the wrong word but that kind of feeling mm-hmm. these people that i've looked up to yeah for years and years and years mm-hmm. like i have real connections with these people and drag's given me that yeah and it's this just really like wonderful it's a bit weird isn't it it is it is all very weird but like yeah i feel good i feel present i feel happy gorgeous well i think that's a lovely place to kind of wrap up to be honest i I always ask if you have any final words for the you know for the viewers whether it's you know plugging the socials or whether you have any everlasting words you know very different type of people at the end of the podcast Mm, i think don't straight cut your lace. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was going to be more, like, <laughs> you know, philosophical, but don't straight cut your lace. Don't straight cut your lace with scissors. Use, like, pinking shears. Because uh, it, it, you know, this is the, like, corrugated. Yeah. Because it um, blends more. There you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where's the wisdom? 
That is words of wisdom. I've got a wig, but it had to be something wiggy. Well, it did have to be. It did have to be. Um, well, thank you very much for joining me. Thank you for having um, me. I've enjoyed it so much. Just, yeah. you know. I've had a blast. I could pick your brain for hours, like, genuinely. I definitely want to do this again if you'll have me. Absolutely. I feel like this. So, if I go to Satya and talk about me for the last two hours, so. Well, this is the thing when we have drag queens on, is, of course, they're quite happy to talk about themselves <laughs> for hours on end. We're so. all egomaniacs. Yes, indeed. Um, but yeah, we've got so much that we've not even talked about, so uh, maybe Maybe we'll see you very soon. Hopefully. All right. Bye. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Thank bye. you. Bye. How was that? Yeah, amazing. How was it for you? I feel like I waffle a lot. <laughs>